This podcast is a ministry of Crossroads Community Church in Hatfield, Pennsylvania. And now, the message. So as you know, we've been doing a series, Like a Child. And uh, it's fun to experience Christmas when you've got kids around. If uh, All of our kids are grown, and so in one sense, Christmas isn't about all the kids that are being there. And, and you know, it's fun to watch that. It's even more fun than the grandkids. But nobody seems to enjoy Christmas like a child. Nobody can ruin it more than an adult. And, uh, and we understand why, the pressures and the tensions. And, and you know, before I go on, I, I, and we're going to mention this later, but uh, so many of us in our, in our body of believers as well as our community have, have endured some pretty significant suffering in this past year. I was just thinking through the people that we lost this year. Uh, when I started working on the worship order for this Christmas season, I realized Harry was on last year's. And uh, I think about Scott not being here with us. And, Many others that your family's lost in this past year. Others of you, you've got friends or family who are sick. We've been praying for uh, Julia. We're thankful that she's doing a little better. But, uh, and so many others of you who've been struggling with chronic sickness and chronic pain and unemployment and broken relationships and every day you hope that something will improve and you wait. Some of you, you know, when, when you lose a family member, when I lost my mom or my dad, uh, what do you hope for? You can't hope they're not going to come back, so you just hope that the pain somehow gets a little better, a sense of emptiness. And at the same time, if we didn't love them so much, it wouldn't be there in the first place. And so it's this weird mix, isn't it, of pain. And Christmas, with all of its expectations, we want it to be just as perfect as we can get. And if we're not careful, all we notice about our Christmas is the ways in which it's not perfect. Honestly, we forget how absolutely absurd Christmas is in the first place. Christmas is an outrageous concept. That the second person of the Godhead would not only come and live among us, but that he would come as a baby. I was born as a baby in a bar. With the smell of feces heavy in the air, and flies, and gnats, and dirt. I mean, this is absurd. And we forget that there was nothing clean and fancy about the first Christmas. What made it special is the meaning that we knew stood behind it. And because we knew why, now we know why Jesus came. The hay, and the cow patties, and we could look past all that and see Christ behind all of it. That's really what we have to do every Christmas, isn't it? Look past the, oh, we don't, most of you didn't have hay and animal feces, I trust. Uh, but although if you did, that's a story for, that we'd love to tell. Um, no, instead it was maybe family members acting like animals and <laughs> wrapping paper instead of hay and we still have to do the same thing, folks. We have to look past all of those things right in front of us and see what stands behind it, the meaning that stands behind all those symbols. So that is our work. And as we finish up this series talking about like a child, how do we view this like a child? We've talked about the fact that God is 
for me. He's on my side. He's with me. He's present everywhere. That he's gracious. He forgives me. And Christmas Eve, we began talking about this fourth idea that God is omnipotent. He can do anything. My God can do anything. We said uh, Thursday night that the, the word almighty, omnipotent, is in the Bible, but the term almighty is over 350 times. Every time it applies directly to God himself. And the idea is simply this, that he, there's nothing that he can't do. There's nothing that his strength can't conquer. There's no obstacle. There's no issue. There's no disease. There's, there's nothing that he can't handle. And you see, children simply believe those kinds of things. They just believe, my God can. He can. Listen again to Jeremiah 32, verse 17. The prophet wrote this, Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Can God move mountains? Well, he made them. He can move them. Can God heal bodies? He made them. He can move them. Of course he can. Little kids simply believe that God can. He can. He's big. But more than that, little children tend to not only believe that God can, but they tend to believe that God will. If you can, you will. In the Old Testament, there's a story. A story about a little boy who uh, got kind of far from home on an errand given to him by his father. And he ended up by stumbling into a really dangerous situation, almost a kind of a terrorist situation. There was actually two groups of people, like almost like a gang war, ready to go at each other. Now, back in this day, one of the ways that they would fight these battles is, is maybe they would send a champion from each side. And so the champion from the other side had been marching out day by day, mocking and taunting Israel. Goliath was, was a big, ugly taunt. And he just stood out there, send somebody, anybody. And this little boy, really, teen, David, stumbles into that setting, and he hears what's going on, and he hears the blasphemy that this guy is expressing. And David runs to Saul. Put me in, coach. Put me in. Saul says, he will smush you like a bug. No, he won't. And eventually... Uh, because, because all of the adults were chickens, David gets put in. The game of his life. And in 1 Samuel 17, starting in verse 45, this is, listen to what this, little, this boy, not little boy, but he's a boy, David, said to Goliath. Verse 45, David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord, who? Almighty, my God can. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled, this day, let's say this together, this day the Lord will. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and to the wild animals and, to the, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those who gather here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's and He will give all of you 
into our hands. Now, when you read a story like this and we cheer for David, do you ever sometimes look at the adults and think, you guys are an embarrassment. Like, what is wrong with you? And then you catch yourself because you realize if you were actually standing there, you would not have been marching out before David got there. Every adult on the scene thought Goliath was way too big to beat. David thought he was too big to miss. And his faith was not in his slinging ability or his fighting ability. His faith was completely in God. You see, children have this way of believing not only my God can, but my God will. We experienced this once. Uh, our, our oldest child was still pretty young, and uh, the, the middle child, I think, was still in car seats going in and out and in and out. And uh, uh, back then, they were not high-tech car seats. It's like a little plastic tray with a little foot on the bottom. You just cinch that kid in. Good luck. Hang in there, buddy. Anyway, but because you would always reach up under, and all of a sudden, Cindy realized that the stone on her engagement ring, which is, I mean, it's a, it's a nice stone, and, and it's the only one she'll ever get. And somehow it had gotten knocked out of the setting, and it was gone. Now, that meant a lot to her. And I remember we all started searching, looking, tracking. I mean, you can imagine. I mean, we have trouble with keys or a cell phone. Try finding a teeny weeny. Well, it wasn't that teeny. It was kind of you know, big. <laughs> Try finding a teeny weeny little diamond. Good luck. There was a part of me that already was like, I didn't even want to bother looking. But then again, that's how I feel about looking for anything. I just, <laughs> just how, much, how much can it cost to get another one? I hate looking. And we started looking. We looked in the seats of the car. We looked in the clothing of the kids. We looked. We tracked everywhere. And, and, and the longer we looked, we were getting a little frantic. We were just so upset. Cindy was upset. And I remember Jenna. Mom, Dad, Mom, Dad, Mom, Dad. It was classic. Finally, what, 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 honey? She goes, let's pray. Oh, isn't that cute? You know, okay. <laughs> Great. Oh, oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, we have, I mean, we will. She goes, no, I mean, let's pray. Let's just pray. Ah. And so, you know, we're going to just kind of throw up a quick prayer and keep looking. She's like, no, you know how kids insist on the right kind of prayer. I want to see your eyes, hands, here we go, right? Oh, oh, here we go. We got to gather on. And we bow our heads and we're praying. And she just prayed, God, help us find mommy's diamond. And as we're praying, Cindy looks in the cuff of her pants. And there is this sparkly little stone right in the cuff of her pants. We said, amen. Cindy pulled it out. And Jenna said, see? <laughs> now, which is, which is scarier? The fact that children think that's how it works? Or the fact that we think that's not how it works? You know, if God was willing to come into the baby of a child and then be born in a hay trough, I mean, that's pretty ridiculous. If he's willing to do that, what isn't he willing to do for you and me? 
What's too far? Too much. Uh-uh. No way. Never going to do that. There's, I can't think of a thing. That's the message of the Christmas story. That if he'll go that far, there is no limit to what he will do for us. He can and he will. But that's not the problem, is it? It's not a problem just simply that he can and he will. The truth is, sometimes he doesn't. Oh, I did it again. We skipped right past that. Can you go back to the beginning, Steve, so I don't have to ever do this again? I was going to talk about being like a child. Can you go all the way back to like the first slide? I'm sorry to do this. We talked about this, and this is the only picture I could find, so I'm sorry. Oh, good, it didn't, oh. Okay, so that's the only picture I could find that sort of kind of captures the hair that I was talking about. So imagine me about half that tall, twice that wide, but bigger hair. I mean, that, that was me, so that's, that's why I got beat up all the time. Okay, that's all. I just, you guys didn't believe it happened. It just kept going like that, this direction, just, whoo. Okay, anyway. So, children believe that my God can and my God will, but adults, we don't really fully believe that, and, and, and I know why. Because he can and he will, but he didn't. He can and he will, but he didn't. What happens to us when something that we think is terrible is going on and we ask God to intervene. I mean, think about Mary. Mary was a virgin. And then she's told she's going to have a baby. Do you want to just try to imagine what that cell was like? Wait, wait, let me get this straight. You're a virgin, but you're pregnant. <laughs> right. Right. What's funny is we even mock it. Considering all the other things God's done, that's not even a biggie. But she endured all of this this mockery, talking behind her back. She was probably an outcast, but she was raising, she wasn't just raising a son, she was raising a perfect son. So in contrast to all of that uh, abuse she was taking, can you imagine the love that she had for this child? And he had never disobeyed her, and he never sassed back. I mean, this kid was easy to love, not like many of ours. He was easy to love. She knew he was going to give his life. But you realize the scriptures say that she saw him crucified. Do you think that mom wasn't praying to God the Father? Stop this, stop this now, stop this now. I guarantee she was. Her pain that day eclipses anything that you and I can probably imagine. And I'm even speaking to those of you that are suffering with some pain right now. She did everything right. He did everything perfect. The prayer was reasonable. God can. God will. But he didn't. What do we do when he can and will, but he doesn't? I just want to share this with you. It was about 20 years ago when I first saw that. Actually, that, uh, Rob began filming that. That's the first one in that series. He began filming it the day that the World Trade Center fell. <clears throat> and ever since I've seen that, I have been reminded that there is a relationship 
between when I ask God to do something and there is no answer. There is something that happens in the space in between. That's what God intends. He's not slow. It's not that he doesn't care. It's not that he has other more important things to do, but he'll get to you. He's not even trying to, in a sense, teach me a lesson. What he says to me is, Mike, do you realize that you never cry out to me the way you do in that space? Do you know how much I enjoy being that close to you? I love you, buddy. You see, God can. Every child knows that. And God will. Every child believes that. To believe he can, that's big faith. To believe he will, that's bigger faith. But to believe that he will even when he doesn't answer prayer. Now that's a whole different kind of faith. In Daniel 3, there's a story about three little kids. They're caught up in kind of a terrorist act. They're abducted from their home. And they're held as slaves. And at one point, the person who abducted them, that king, told Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that you better worship this statue or I'm going to throw you into a fiery furnace. And these three kids had the faith not only that God can and will, but it went beyond that. Listen to what we read in Daniel 3, starting verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from it. See that? He can. He will But even, verse 18, but even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. He can and he will. But what we do in that space between when we we believe he can and will and we ask and there's nothing, that is some of the most precious space in our lives. It's when God literally wants to pull you the closest and whisper in your ear, I have this. I have this. Because if we're honest, you know what will happen. The minute he does resolve the conflict, we're gone. We're gone. Oh, that's great. Okay. But, and he's like, where'd you go? So he wants to pull us close. Maybe you're there today. And you're hurting and you're wondering, why doesn't he answer? He answers everybody else's prayers. Why doesn't he answer my prayer? I want you to hear God saying, I want to carry you like a father carries a child. I got you. Our Savior, Savior who came as a child, cradled in a mom's arms, wants to cradle you and reassure you that he's got this. Maybe we ought to just not have Christmas more like a child. Maybe we ought to live this next year more like a child. My God can, and he will. And even if he doesn't, he's got this. Let's pray. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I don't want to rush. 
take a moment. I don't want to presume that I know what storm you're in. Listen for his voice. Oh, Lord Jesus. If you would come as a baby born in a manger, what is it that you wouldn't do for us? The answer is there is nothing you wouldn't do for us. There is no length to which you would not go. Would you show us that we can believe that even when we go through storms? Remind us that when we cry out, that's when you can, bring, you can come the closest. May we be like a child. You as our Father. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. Intro music by bensound.com. Visit us online at crossroads-cc.org.